Hi there, Caitlin here. Our mission at EB Academics is simple. Help middle school ELA teachers take back their time outside of the classroom by providing them with engaging lessons, planning frameworks, and genuine support so that you can become the best version of yourself, both inside and outside of the classroom. So if you think you might be ready to try something new because you know you simply cannot continue the way that you have been, that I'd invite you to take a moment to check out the EB Teachers Club, the EB Writing Program, or the EB Grammar Program by visiting the links in the description of the podcast. We hope to continue to support you within one of our programs in the future. And in the meantime, we look forward to serving you right here on the podcast each week. All right, welcome back to another week in July on the podcast at EB. We are all about writing this month. We talked about this last week. We're airing bonus episodes that we're pulling out of the archives that are some of the best of the best. And in addition to that, we are hosting a free live event at the end of this month, all focused on writing. So it's kind of like a writing PD series, if you will. Um, And we would love for you to sign up and come join us. We have a workshop that we're focusing on for proven strategies for teaching literary analysis. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode that aired on Tuesday, we talk all about why like this is the thing, the literary analysis as the foundation um, type of writing for all of the other writing styles. And at EB, we call it the EBW approach. Um, We also have a whole EB writing program that we open up to new teachers at the end of this month as well. So keep your ears perked for that information. Perhaps you are an EB writing teacher listening to this episode right now. Kudos to you. Hope you're crushing it. Um, But I want to invite you to join us. So come sign up for that workshop. You go to ebteacher.com forward slash writing. There will be four different dates to choose from um, for the workshop. But then in addition, to that. We have a free pop-up Facebook group where we're doing bonus trainings. You're going to get free resources, fun giveaways, but also community and seeing you know what it's like for other teachers around the world, around the country who are going through the same struggles that you are. And I think sometimes there's a lot of power in knowing that we're not alone on this journey, right? That there are so many others who are struggling with and going through the same things that we are. Um, and so to be in community together uh, is a really powerful, special experience. So we're excited to bring that for you guys at the end of this month. Go to ebteacher.com forward slash writing to grab your free spot. Okay. So I want to talk by starting off with a story um, of how we created this framework for our students at a back to school faculty meeting. So a long, long time ago, (laughs) sounds like a fairy tale. Back when I was like in my early (laughs) twenties and you didn't get as injured as easily and all of the (laughs) things that just, you totally take for granted in your twenties. Um, but a long time ago when Jessica and I, uh, we taught across the hall from each other at a school in LA, we actually only taught together for one year, which is wild to think about, but whatever. Um, that's another story for another day. Um, But there was a back-to-school faculty meeting, and it was my first year at this school. Jessica had been there for a couple of years, um, and this new initiative was being rolled out at our school. And it was back kind of like when Common Core first started coming out, and our school was really focusing on Common Core ELA that year. And there was this back-to-school faculty meeting about that. And Jessica and I looked at each other, and we're like, well, we may as well just do this really well. Like, let's go whole hog. Let's work together. Let's figure this out. Let's roll out the common core state standards for ELA at our school. And let's just 
freaking crush it because that's just kind of the types of people that we are. That's how we operate. We're like, let's just do the best that we can. Right. So she and I sat down and throughout the year, um, I actually even remember like sitting at Pete's coffee in Manhattan beach, like sitting with our laptops across from each other, like writing example, student essays for a student. Yes. Do you remember that at all? hundred <laughs> percent. I remember that. <laughs> Um, beach, like we're literally writing essays. Yeah. 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 Okay. In the summer, in the summer, <laughs> in the summer. before school yeah. starts. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, but we're, we're like, let's just do it. Right. Let's just go whole hog. And so throughout that year, Jessica and I worked together. We kind of made some tweaks. We really spent a lot of time focusing on this approach that we were developing, which would eventually become the EBW approach. We didn't know it at that time. And we, we worked with some of the other teachers at our school. I remember working with the eighth grade, um, social studies teacher. I even went into the third grade classroom a couple of times and was making sure that what they were doing was aligned with what we were doing and just really creating this, um, great kind of what's the word I'm looking for, where it comes up through the grade levels. Uh, there's a word and it's not coming to my brain, but that's okay. But what was really cool was that at the end of the year, we were looking at our student writing test scores and our principal like doled them out to all of us. And I shared this last week on the podcast. I opened up to like eighth grade and I'm like, this is, this is a mistake. (laughs) Like this is a joke, this type of growth. It was almost four years worth of growth that my eighth grader saw. I don't exactly remember fifth grade test scores, but they also grew exponentially. Uh I don't know the number, but Jessica and I looked at each other. We're like, oh, (laughs) funny. I guess it works. (laughs) Right. Fancy that. Um, and our principal, Chris looked at us and he's like, dude, what were you guys, what are you guys doing? And we're like, well, you know, it's this, it's this framework that we developed. And what was really cool is that what we started to realize in that moment was that the common denominator for us was the framework that we had developed, which would become the EBW approach, which is what we talk about now. And I think it's just really cool to realize the power. And we talk about frameworks all the time, right? With lesson planning, with all of the things that when we have a framework, it makes a difference for our students. Yes, 100%. And when you use a proven framework and you use it consistently, like that EBW approach that we did, you really are going to see the best results from your students, right? Their writing is going to improve, but like, what does that mean? What does that actually look like? Well, for us and for so many of our EB teachers, the best writing results means focused essays with relevant evidence. It's like expertly woven into a paragraph. No more. Are they just throwing a random quote in the middle of some sentences and there's no explanation. And you're like, okay, I don't even understand what they're writing about. No, like it's focused. It's seamless. And best writing results mean confident writers, writers who know exactly how to start an essay and how to end one with impact. There's no more of that like, okay, thank you for reading my paper (laughs) or like today I'm going to tell you about like, oh my gosh, I hated that. Sorry if you can hear birds outside my window right now. I was wondering what that noise was. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize, guys. It's loud. And then it means engaged students who don't dread writing assignments anymore because they actually know what to do. And yes, of course, it does mean those increase in test scores like Caitlin was talking about. And like we've seen with so many of our EB teachers. And I want to tell you about one actually in particular. Her name's Bridget. And she's an EB teacher and she experienced this when she was using the EBW approach with her student. And she found out that her student's test scores beat state, beat district, and beat school percentages. Again, because she's relying on this proven framework. Or there was Tracy and she shared this in our Facebook group. And she said, last year I started using EB materials with my seventh grade students. And today I found out 
their test scores were number one in our county. Like that is unbelievable. But how did these amazing results happen? Well, it's because of that framework, right? But let's break it down so you can see what does this framework look like in your classroom so that you also can get those results. Perfect. Let's do that. So first off, using a proven writing framework for literary analysis, like the EBW approach, it increases students' confidence in their writing abilities because a framework provides them with a solid starting point, giving them direction, giving them purpose. Like you have to have that. We can't expect students to write well if we don't give them a roadmap for how to write well, right? So rather than facing like the dreaded writer's block, you know, our students who just sit there and just stare at you and are like, I don't know what to say, right? This, this eliminates that. Or they're struggling to figure out how to begin their essay or students, whatever, right? In this case, they're equipped with a clear structure. They have a clear set of guidelines. It's the foundations, right? We can build on it. We can make changes later, but we're we're giving them the training wheels to ultimately take off later, right? And what this does for our students is it eliminates the overwhelming feeling of not knowing where to start. And it replaces it with a sense of direction and purpose. And so I actually want you to think about this. I'm going to give you a little like mindset woo situation here. I was saying this to myself yesterday, actually. I said, what you believe you achieve, where we hear that all the time. Yeah, what you believe. But I don't think that it totally lands for us unless we actually sit back and think about it and see how it impacts us in our lives. And the same is true for our students. If our students don't believe or have evidence or proof that they can actually do it, they're not going to be able to do it because they don't believe that they can, right? So much of what we are capable of comes from us believing that we actually can do it right? Or that like we are capable. And so by giving students very simple foundations or very simple directions with purpose, we are equipping them with that sense of belief first so that they can very easily find evidence for themselves that, oh yeah, I know how to start an essay, right? I know what a tag is. If you're familiar with the EBW approach, which we'll talk about in just a second, right? So I think there's so much power, not just in like, here's a framework, but what the framework does for students' belief that they can actually write an essay. So I want you to think about if you've ever given a writing assignment and immediately have students like raising their hand or needing help, like Mrs. Mitchell, I don't just, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Or they just stare around the room or they don't do anything, right? Maybe they don't even write a sentence for you. And you're like, dude, I wanted you to write an entire essay. What a framework does is it eliminates that. It gives our students that confidence, that game-changing belief that they can actually do this. So within the EBW approach, that framework, right, students learn that a strong essay begins with a tag. Caitlin just mentioned that. And tag stands for title, author, genre. And students can use that to introduce the text and provide some context. So that's like literally the very first sentence of their essay. And this ridiculously simple yet effective step immediately gives students a foundation upon which to build their thoughts and ideas. And so you want to celebrate that win, right? Like Caitlin's saying, they have to believe in themselves. Well, sometimes we need to tell students like, hey, you just accomplished something, right? This is a big deal. You now know how to start any essay I give you. And so once they have tagged down, again, title, author, genre, from there, they move on to the summary of the text. After that, it's followed by a clear and concise claim that outlines their stance on the topic. And then each component of the EBW framework serves as a building block, ensuring that their writing flows logically. And when students follow this approach, they're no longer overwhelmed or paralyzed by that blank page. Instead, they have this roadmap that's guiding them through each step, making the task of writing much more manageable and less daunting. 
If they forget what you know they're supposed to do, fine, go back to the framework. Or if they're like, I'm stuck, what do I do next? Again, go back to the framework. And when students have this clear structure to follow, then the beauty of it is they can focus their energy on generating ideas. They can craft stronger arguments. They're free from that anxiety of like, okay, well, I think I need to have four sentences in this paragraph, or what do I do next? No, they get to express themselves way more effectively because they have this foundation, this framework. Yeah, absolutely. And I want you to think about too, like what that does for them as students, as people, right? As writers. And so much of this writing stuff is really like an, a shift, an identity, <laughs> quite frankly. Like I know again, woo, but whatever, it's true, right? If you think about it, some of our students are like, I'm a writer. Some of our students are like, I'm not a writer. I'm more of a math person. Well, and so guess what happens? If that's what they tell themselves, that's the belief that they have about themselves. That's the reality that they create for themselves. That's who they are, right? And they've identified, it's an identity piece, right? We are changing at an identity level. And in order for us to do that, we have to give them the confidence that they can actually do that. We have to continue to create evidence for themselves that they are actually writers, that they are someone who actually can write, right? And even like, think about yourself. If there have been times in your life where you've shifted your identity or who you are or how you identify. And that can be in any capacity. And I'll give you a perfect example of I stopped drinking alcohol completely, cut it out from my my life. Like I used to have a glass of wine a night, right? And I drank wine. I was a wine drinker. And that's an identity piece for a lot of us, right? And now I don't drink alcohol at all anymore because it just serves my my purposes for, you know, my physical health and the things that I'm trying to achieve like athletically, right? At the gym. And now I identify as somebody who doesn't drink. Like I fundamentally changed that identity piece about myself. And I know that's like a very adult example, but it's still the same concept that we are doing for our students is we are helping shift that identity, that belief of who they actually are. And so when they're more confident, when they produce those stronger essays, they start to have that shift in identity, whether or not they say it out loud to you, right? They feel it, right? And they can feel that shift happening for them. And then furthermore, using a writing framework allows students to really refine their skills over time, right? They become familiar with the structure. They've become familiar with the different parts of the EBW framework. And then in doing that, they can start to experiment with different techniques. They can start to enhance their writing. They can start to add something over here, something over there. They're adding their own personal flair to the framework itself. So the framework, what some people are resistant to is they're like, well, that's going to stifle your more advanced writers. And in fact, I would argue the complete opposite of that, right? In fact, a framework helps your more advanced writers. It provides them with the basics so that they can elevate even further within each part of the framework, right? Maybe they spend more time getting to come up with stronger, more descriptive language, or maybe they write more complex sentences instead of those like choppy, simple ones. Maybe they get to have three sentences of justification instead of just two, like our framework suggests. So the possibilities really are endless for all of our writers across the board. And I think it's so interesting you're speaking into the identity, right, of students, but it also applies to us as teachers, right? And it increases when we use a framework, that is, it increases our confidence as a teacher, right? And I think back to my first few years of teaching and like, I'm embarrassed to say, maybe I did one writing unit with my students. And like, of course we do short answer questions, but like, I didn't teach writing consistently because I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never been taught how to teach writing So I just didn't do it. I was really strong at being a literature teacher and I stuck with that. And so what it looked like in my classroom was like, 
a narrative assignment at the beginning of the year and that's about it. Or maybe we peer edit something and there was no rhyme or reason. I just say trade papers, you know, with a friend and make sure there's no spelling errors. Like it was again, embarrassing. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, like what a transformation I've had. And like we were saying, I don't know if it was this podcast or last week's about how like we could teach writing in our sleep. Like that is the one thing I feel so confident about. I am absolutely a writing teacher. And I don't know Mm -hmm. about if you had a similar experience, Caitlin, like in your classroom, did you always identify as a writing teacher and not so much? Uh, Well, your story is so relatable. So I know you're embarrassed, but I appreciate the vulnerability (laughs) because I think a lot of us feel that way. I'm sure a lot of teachers listening to this are like, yep, that is me a hundred percent. And so I think it's powerful to see what's possible, right. And change. If we do something different, we get to see different results. Um, but yeah, I a hundred percent felt that way. I became an English teacher, a high school English teacher, because I loved talking about literature. I had never identified as a writer at all. In fact, I didn't get good grades in college in my writing classes. So like my poetry class, I got a B. I was like, how do you grade someone's poetry? I'm like, that is not okay with me. But it's just interesting because I just, I wasn't taught well, I don't think, how to be an effective writer. So I didn't identify as an effective writing teacher. And now for me, it's like, dude, that's what I'm really good at. You know, it's fascinating how that shifts for sure. It really is. And I think, I mean, that change really took place the year you and I did develop the framework because finally I had confidence. Like I had something Mm -hmm. I could rely on. And I look back on that time and it's like, okay, I slowed down that year, right? We only did literary analysis writing that first year because I was getting comfortable with the framework. I was teaching it for the very first time. But then after that, it was like, oh my gosh, I could speed up so much faster. And I started doing expository essays and literary analysis and Mm -hmm. research papers because finally I knew what I was doing. And it's so funny, like as my confidence increased, then I had more freedom. I could have more fun with my essays. Maybe I do a graphic essay or I do a one pager instead. And all of a sudden, because I was so confident, because I was so passionate about writing, Now, when I moved on to other schools, it was like teachers were coming to me saying, okay, wait, what are you doing in there? Like, how come your students know how to write? How come you can grade so quickly? How can Mm -hmm. you fit all this writing into your classroom? And it was like, well, again, it all comes back to this framework and it, it gives me so much freedom. It gives me so much confidence. So I just love that. Yeah. And we're not like outliers and or nope. unicorns. I mean, as much as we'd like to think that we are, it's not the case, right? This is for like, everybody can do this, right? This is possible for everybody, but it really is that identity shift and that belief that it's possible. And like, I think there's like a whole belief system that goes into this. It's the belief that the framework makes a difference, which we know that it does. It's the belief that you, the listener know that you can do something different, right? And that now is the time that you can do something different. So often we'll sit in like, oh, like with whatever goal it is that we have to like shift some part of who we are, be like, well, on Monday, I'll start that. Or like, you know, after I get back from the holidays, I'll start doing that or whatever it might be. And we constantly put it off. Right. And when we do that, we, we're just essentially like kicking the can down the road of, of being able to actually see change. So it's a belief that you can do it. And it's a belief that now is the time that you can do it. And when we believe we achieve. So as long as you just put that belief in your brain that it's possible, it is possible. Right. And so I want to share Megan shared in our Facebook group that she actually used the framework. I think I talked about this last week too, or earlier today um, in grad school to keep her focused and on point. Like that's how much the framework is applicable across the board. Our fifth graders can do it and it's helpful in grad school. And Sarah, who's another one of our AB teachers said that she did a deep dive with the EBW writing framework with her eighth graders using the bountiful case, which is one of our free resources. I can link in the comment section for you. And her students just 
ate it up. So this is where we can get, like Jessica said, get fun, right? With writing and using these frameworks to do fun things like a bountiful mystery case, right? And on next week's episode, actually on Tuesday of next week, right? Because we have our bonus episodes airing on Thursdays. We're going to share a super engaging way to introduce literary analysis writing so that you can see those same type of results, just like Sarah, where your students are like, oh, wait, we're talking about writing, right? We want to engage them in such a way that they don't even know that they're actually practicing these skills. And I think one more really just cool thing about the framework, I feel like, you know, we keep talking about it, but it really is like something we're so passionate about is that once your students start to see results from using the EBW approach, it translates into other writing genres, which is so cool because the EBW approach, that framework includes steps on evidence, on justification. You're also going to find that right in argumentative writing and persuasive and cause and effect problem solution, compare and contrast, like all the different writing genres. So once it's time to, you know, do your research unit or do an essay on comparing and contrasting two topics, you're not starting from scratch. Your students are like, oh yeah, it's the framework again. And yes, there's some, you know, simple tweaks in there and you might've changed one or two things, but it's not like, oh my gosh, here we go. A new writing unit. We're starting over and you're already dreading it from day one. You're like, nope, I've got this. And so do you students, because we've done this before. So students can rely on that framework. They have their basics down. And then what's so cool is they can focus on the more nuanced parts of the different writing genres. So like maybe that's counterclaims for literary analysis, or maybe they're focusing on very precise language for persuasive essays, whatever it is, you're not going back and saying, okay, let's review what a claim is or a thesis statement. They're like, nope, been there, done that. I'm good to go. Yeah, absolutely. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we're going to go much deeper with this and share resources with you and all types of stuff um, when you sign up for our free writing PD series at the end of this month. So make sure that you go to ebteacher.com forward slash writing. And then we'll also include the link for you for um, one of our free detective lessons that uh, will be helpful for you as well in starting to kind of see what this looks like, implement this in your classroom and get a gauge for kind of what we're talking about um, in practice, right? So again, come back to that identity piece with your students and like, really sit in and think about that and how much that's going to impact their ability to write effectively in your classroom. And then also the identity piece for you, right? And how you get to change that part of who you are, that maybe now you are actually a writing teacher and you can see that same sort of change that Jessica and I were able to see as well. All right. Bonus episode from the archives airing on Thursday. So make sure that you stay in line with us this month and check those out every single Thursday. And then we will see you next week on the podcast where I believe we are talking about getting your students to actually enjoy writing. And we're talking about a fun activity. Oh my gosh. We're going to walk you through such a fun activity. I think you're going to love it. Awesome. I love it. All right. We will see you guys next week on the podcast. Bye everyone. Bye everybody.